The Calgary Flames take on the Seattle Kraken tomorrow night in Calgary, and we're just going to see what Santa brought this wonderful team. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. We are going to be talking about the game against the Kraken and something's going to give here at some point. And of course, we're going to talk about the last time these teams met, as well as my players to watch for good or bad reasons. But make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts, and of course, on YouTube as well. And I hope that y'all stick around through the new year. Uh, it's It's always a great time around here when we get to talk about the Flames, and I'm interested to see what the second half of the season holds for this team. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, let's rewind. The last time these two teams met was in November, so uh, over a month ago at this point, and the Flames won 4-3. to three. And this was the first time that these teams met after Mangiapane cross-checked, I believe it was Jared McCann, in the back of the neck Uh, for no reason. And I still don't understand how that only got, what was it, one game? Should have been upwards of five. But again, Department of Player Safety does not exactly have a good reputation for whatever that's worth. I do feel like this is a situation where there's going to be that residual tension. It's very easy for those tensions to just naturally be there after an incident like that. But then when you have a team that is, you know, 14, 15, and I think nine, and then you have the Kraken 12, 14, and nine as well, it's not entirely, I don't, I don't think the Flames have nine. I think it's five. I apologize. But you have these two teams that are kind of like, respectfully, this is almost a mid-off in the Pacific Division because Flames are in fifth and the Kraken are in fourth. A lot of people thought that the Kraken were going to be so much better than they were. And I'm just going to say that I think the loss of Ryan Donato was significant for them. Ryan Donato is not necessarily having himself a great season in Chicago, but that doesn't mean that's what would have happened in Seattle. I think that he really found a place in Seattle, and I truthfully thought that they were going to keep him around and eventually name him captain. But one of the things for Seattle to watch out for is their – uh, their defensive breakdowns, it is very similar to the Flames in terms of them just kind of falling apart. And you like you can watch it just crumble. And I'm very interested to see how 
that works against the Flames because, I mean, the Flames have finally found a way to get through the neutral zone without passing it 52 times before they make it through the neutral zone. And I'm not entirely sure about their goaltending situation either. Looks like Joey Decord has kind of come in and taken over. I just, I think that this is going to be a game that you can skip if you aren't necessarily interested in watching two teams, two middle-of-the-road teams compete on a Wednesday night in the middle or the end of December. This isn't one that strikes me as, okay, this is a test. This is a truly competitive team that, you know, can the Flames hang with the with these guys? And, oh, they're going to walk all over them because it's like Columbus or uh, Chicago. No, because you, you don't know what you're going to get with the Flames. And that's why I think this is one you can skip because it's, while there are Pacific Division rivals, this doesn't necessarily feel like a must-watch game. And I fear that we're going to have more of those as we trail into the uh, latter half of the season. I just, I don't know if this team is going to stay in, in the race, I don't really even think they're in it at this point. I mean, I, last time I checked, they were three teams out of the wild card, and that's not great. But what is good <laughs> is the uh, Kraken in terms of Vince Dunn. He has uh, been leading the team with 28 points, and Jared McCann has 14 goals. We don't know what the lines are going to be for uh, tomorrow or what, you know, kind of who's in, who's out, because they don't have to report back to team facilities until Wednesday. And it's, you know, I'm not overly confident. I'm not overly worried. You just... You have to just kind of ride this wave of the flames. There's always going to be games like this in the season, regardless of how competitive your team is or how out of it your team is. And naturally, the flames are just right there in the middle. And until they sort themselves out, we don't know. We don't know. And I talked a lot about that on Monday's episode uh, with uh, JJ from the win column because There is no direction. What is the vision? And we talk about that all the time with the Flames. Because it doesn't feel like this roster is capable of being a true contender. And it doesn't feel like they're willing to remove some of those Jenga blocks. It doesn't have to fall completely. But to to kind of restack things and reshape things. So it's an interesting situation in Calgary. And we're going to obviously keep a close eye on that throughout the rest of the season. And coming up next, we are going to talk about the Flames and what their last five games or so have looked like. And who's performing, who's not, and uh, something's got to give. And we'll be talking about that right after the break. 
But before we do that, I am going to talk to you about one of my favorite apps, and that, of course, would be FanDuel. Get in on all the action at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. One of my favorite things about the app is that it's a super user-friendly, the interface is nice, and you can get paid instantly. <laughs> Who doesn't love that? So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL playoffs right around the corner. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's episode of Lockdown Flames. Make sure you are subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. My goal is to hit 500 subscribers by Saturday, which is my birthday. And I, right now, as I'm recording, it looks like we're about eight away. So if you want to spread the news, you can absolutely do that. But let's let's get back to the flames, Okay. They're not just the things I'll be blowing out on my birthday cake. They're something that other teams are going to blow out of the water. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But the Flames are 3-2-0 in their last five. Okay? Not horrible. You know, it's a, a, <laughs> a winning record, technically. And that's all well and good. But they need to do more. And I don't think they know how. Or not that. Okay, I shouldn't say that they don't know how because, like, they're hockey players. They, they know how to improve their game. They know how to take those game notes and fix mistakes. But I don't know if this roster has the chemistry or that finishing talent to get it done. And we've talked about why... Losing is good with a rebuild, but some people don't want to go down that road. And I don't necessarily think you're wrong either way. I think however you decide to root for your hockey team, that is a personal decision. I am here along for the ride. I'm here to talk about this team every single day, regardless if they're rebuilding contenders, trading everyone, firing coaches, hiring general managers, whatever the case may be. But the one thing that we can all agree on here is they have to shoot the puck. They don't have to shoot. They, they don't have to keep passing. They can just shoot the puck. I know. Super cliche. That's the one thing that they've just, they have to do. We have seen them just develop and latch onto this bad habit of overpassing. Huberto, how many times have we seen him have a nice, clean shot, like wide open net, and he still decides to pass? That is a lack of confidence. That is not a lack of hockey IQ or inability, to, oh, maybe inability to read the play, but it is a lack of confidence. And I'm not saying that that's the case for every player. Sometimes extra passes just naturally happen because. 
mistakes happen. That That is the name of the game. But for the Flames, it just feels as if it has developed into a horrible habit that they need to just break. And I don't know... <laughs> Do you, is there like a way to play hot potato in hockey? Because that's how, at least when I played uh, softball and baseball, that's how we learn to, you know, get the uh, ball out of our glove quick. You pick it up, toss it. Okay, it's a hot potato. I don't think that it has to be that broken down for these professional athletes, but they need to figure out a way to quite literally just pass the puck enough times and then shoot. I I do not believe that this is a lack of skill for the most part. I really think that this comes from within. And there are guys like Sharon Govich, uh, like Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, Mackenzie Weger, who aren't afraid to shoot. And do you know who's scoring? Those guys, and obviously Blake Coleman too, but you have to figure out a way to get everyone to shoot the puck. And hopefully Santa dropped down some magic shooting power because, the, oh my God, it is brutal. Like you can see the extra pass happen and it's like, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. And Seattle is not necessarily a team that's going to suffocate you, uh, you know, like the Panthers and the, the way the Panthers and the Flames play, uh, even Carolina in some ways. They play a game that's going to suffocate you. They're going to wear you out. They're going to make you tired. They're, their goal is to just get you too exhausted to compete anymore. Um, Seattle does not play like that. So I I don't necessarily think that this is going to be an overly difficult situation, but it's also the Flames. So they, it's not just them. I think a lot of situations can kind of turn into a mountain when it really just needs to be a molehill. If the puck is on your stick, do not hesitate. Shoot it. Clear lane, shoot it. Even if it's not, shoot it. Could deflect. How many How many goals went off of Chris Tanev last year? Because players were just shooting. Enough for me to remember it a year later. <laughs> and I like we can sit here and discuss at nauseum about how Jonathan Huberdeau is underperforming and how this needs to happen and that needs to happen. But it's not just him. It isn't just him underperforming. And we're going to talk more about Manjipani, who I think falls into that category, unfortunately, here when we wrap up the show. But with Seattle being just kind of middle of the pack, especially with their special teams, you have to take advantage and shoot the puck on the power play. Like, their power play is so frustrating because it truly is just them pass, 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 hold on for a second, wait for a lane to clear, pass. There's generally no shooting uh, from, you know, the, the dots, 
there it's quite literally just someone usually one of the defensemen up uh, by the blue line and then they skate back or back skate because the flames just end up missing entirely and not being able they don't have a good net front presence really um right now on the power play and I mean, they, they they might, but the puck doesn't get anywhere near it for us to truly determine <laughs> if this is what they need to be doing. And we're going to talk uh, a little bit later in the week about Mark Savard and his approach to the power play and the underperforming of the power play. So we're going to, we will dive into that a little bit later, uh, I believe on Wednesday. But you can't, you can't not shoot the puck. This team has never generated a lot of high danger chances. They typically just, it's volume. It is all about volume and it doesn't matter, good or bad. As long as that shot gets on net, it gets on net. Because that can, you never know, you can get lucky. And that's what, the Flames need luck because they do not have that talent of, a shooter or a finisher. There, there's no Gaudreau. There is no Kachuk. There is no Pasternak. There's, you know, there's none of this to help them. And I'm starting to wonder how far away we are from a Huberto, Lindy, and Pelts line for obvious reasons. Do I think the weight of the world should be on a 27-year-old? He's not 27, was he? 24, 25, 25-year-old shoulders um, who's just coming back from an injury. Like, we don't know where he's at, where Peltz is at in terms of his recovery and rehab. But, like, there has to be something to get Huberto going. Otherwise, they need to go out and find it. And if that happens and they aren't able to get this going, Raptree Living really is a bad man. But we are approaching 20 games without a goal for Jonathan Huberdo. And oh, that is a long time considering they've. They've played about 36 games. It's almost half the season. Not exactly what you want to see um, as anyone trying to defend this team or cover this team or anyone. Like, it doesn't even have to be just him, but like any $10 million hockey player, you don't want to see that. And I do want to wrap this up quickly here, but I feel bad saying it. The benching him uh, in that third period against Nashville woke him up. The next game woke him up for a little bit. Does it have to be done again? Again, this is nothing personal. I'm sure Jonathan Huberto is a fantastic person. And from an optics standpoint, benching a $10.5 million player does not look good. Oh, does he? did he come down with a stomach bug after, you know, being around family for Christmas? I don't know. Maybe he's a he's out due to an illness. Uh, Walker Dewar was out on Saturday against LA because of an illness. Oh, look at that! Just like the Leafs, everyone's got a stomach bug. Just saying. Again, nothing personal. 
Huberto seems like a fantastic person, but we got to figure something out. And coming up next, we are going to talk about the players to watch um, right after this. Game time is the place to buy your last minute tickets. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. With game time, it is fast and easy and to buy tickets to sporting events, concerts, comedy, theater events near you. With killer last minute deals and all in prices, views from your seats, and best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I love that you can see your view from your seat with game time. That is a huge help uh, to someone who has no <laughs> real good way of explaining it. So it's great to be able to show my friends, my family, whoever I'm going to this event with, what they will see uh, when they arrive to the game. And they have last minute deals, uh, flash deals, zone deals, and it's the lowest price guaranteed. You have event cancellation protection, job loss protection, game time cares. And take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. Make sure you're subscribed to uh, the show and, of course, following me on X at Jess Belmosto. One thing that I've noticed is Manjupani um, not playing well. He had a down season last year. Can't fault him for that. He was playing on a mangled shoulder that, you know, you're not going to see <laughs> a good performance out of when your shoulder is hanging on like a piece of floss. It's just, it's not, you're not going to get the results you think you are. But he has been seeing less time on ice. In his last uh, three games, he has 13 minutes, 11 minutes, and then the game against the Kings he had 10 minutes and 10 seconds. Whoa. He His average right, uh, time on ice last season was about 16 minutes. And he's still seeing like 15 and a half right now uh, through the season. But if he continues to only get, you know, 10, 11, 12 minutes a night, that's not going to help him. He needs to be up in that higher echelon, uh, you know, playing more minutes and that's where his game should be considering he's making just about six million dollars and ahead of the game uh against seattle i like i'm thinking you know we obviously don't know where the lines are going to be what huska's approach is going to be but is huska going to give him a little bit more leash I don't know. I don't particularly think so, but I really think is he's going to make Mangiapane work. He is going to make him work to get back on that, you know, top six, middle six level because 
he hasn't really had to overcome a slump like this before. I think that, you know, like I said, last season, I don't truly count because of injured, how injured he was. Is he injured now and we just don't know? I don't know. But he's there's a difference in his play, I would say, from when he was injured to now. And I'm not seeing it. Mangiapane just hasn't been challenged like this. He, While he's been, like, made to work to, you know, earn his spot and uh, stay in the NHL, he has not been made to work and claw his way out of the trenches in, in some time. And that changes you, <laughs> you know. You're having to prove yourself while the guy that was – claimed off waivers that had five goals in 61 games last year is up in your spot. That doesn't um, typically sit well with people, I would say, especially those of competitive nature. I want to see him perform more, and I'm interested to see how he does against a team that probably wants his head on a stake. So, Hopefully he reins it in and isn't out of control doing his best Tom Wilson uh, impression, but we'll see. Blake Coleman is another player that y'all should be paying attention to. He is leading the team right now uh, with 12 goals and 24 points. He has four goals in his last five games. This is a Blake Coleman that everyone wanted in Calgary and kind of expected in Calgary once he signed in free agency, what was that, three years ago, two years ago, however many years that was. This is the best play we've seen from him since he's been here. And it is so impressive to be getting this out of a 32-year-old. And he's proud of himself. You know, he's definitely not a player that – like he has confidence, but Ryan Huska said it best. It's that quiet confidence. He's a humble guy that just, he'll go out there and grind, grind away and do his job. And that's what you need. That's what you need uh, from a lot of your players. But I really like what we've been seeing from Blake Coleman. And I do hope we see more of it. And should this team magically make the playoffs, I, I would be very excited to see what he does. And I think the way that he plays is a great way to wear out your opponents in the postseason. I think, you know, while Tampa Bay was obviously a lot more competitive, there was a reason why people loved that, that line uh, that Coleman was on. It was the third line uh, with Yanni Gord, Coleman, and... I'm forgetting the third player, but it doesn't matter. Blake Coleman has been special this season, regardless. And my last player to watch is Noah Hannafin. I need you all to watch him when he is in front of the net, supposed to be, you know, defending. There have probably the last three goals he's been on the ice for where he is in like an defensive role it's like he's not there and I get it there there truly are like just some shots you 
aren't going to be able to stop. But it feels like there is just nothing there. Like there's <laughs> there's no thoughts behind those eyes. And that's not, that's like in that second. I don't think Noah Hanfin is like a pet person or that's how he is all the time. I just, I feel like there's just a lack of emphasis on the defense and he it's just weird it's like he's zoning out and if you watch the game tomorrow and see it please let me know because I I feel like it this just like this isn't the Noah Hannafin that we know and have come to love granted he wants he probably probably is going to be traded and he, he's probably not doing himself any favors uh, when he does things like that, but he's not a guy that's going to jump in front of a shot. Like he's the secret service for the president. That's more of a Chris Tanev, Mackenzie Weger, Anderson thing. Hannafin isn't like that. He'll block a shot if he has to, but he's not going out of his way to do it. But boy, if you could just pretend to be defensive, you know, like, like your job description says. But that'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Flames. Thank you all so much for tuning in as the Seattle Kraken come to town Wednesday night and the Markstrom family, congratulations as uh, Amanda and Jacob and Clark, um, well, not Clark didn't get married, but uh, Jacob and Amanda tied the knot up at uh, Banff this weekend at the castle. So congratulations to them. And it looks like uh, by social media, everyone else had a really good Christmas. So until next time, uh, stay safe, stay hydrated, stay warm, and eat some leftovers.